Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and lucky you, whoever you're doing it with, I hope you're well. Hope you're having a cracking week. Welcome or welcome back to the Weekly Watch, the hottest podcast in the game. It's also the podcast that talks with the superstars and not about them. Almost the halfway mark of this footy season. Where's that gone, hey? For the next 50 minutes or so, we're going to let you forget the worries of the world with some footy talk with the superstars themselves. 13 interviews. Yes, 13 different interviews this episode. Probably longer than 50 minutes, this one. It's an outrageous lineup, so get ready for the weekly watch. You've been warned. Our guest at this time has a smile on his face pretty much 24-7, and he is such a decent young fella, except for 90 (laughs) minutes during every week. For that time, he just wants to fight everyone that he touches. Cody Walker, who haven't you had a run-in in the NRL with yet? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What is it? Is it competitive aggression or... Just the fact you won't take any shit. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that, but sometimes I might feel an elbow or yeah. something, you know, that's a bit sly and I'm like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah the, the, the old casino handshake, yeah. the elbow. <laughs> yeah. I suppose growing up with that sort of stuff, you, you really enjoy that part of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to get bashed around a fair bit by my brothers, um, you know, being the youngest. Um I suppose that puts me, you know, when when my defence is on, you know, the way it has been the last couple of weeks, it yeah. probably puts me in a mindset where um, I'm in a good mindset. Um, you know, I'm wanting the footy, I'm, I'm running the ball, I'm, you know, doing everything possible to get the win in in, um, in the game. We see your aggression on the field. Are you a sledger on the field? Are you any <laughs> good with the tongue? <laughs> I don't know. I've sort of picked that up over the last last year, I suppose, but um, I don't do it unless I get it done to me first, I suppose. It's, yeah. Um, if I don't feel anything, I won't 
I won't worry about it. Who's the best sledger you've come across? Someone that just doesn't stop and is really good at it. Um, I'm not sure. I suppose you can't go past Will Chambers. Yes. He goes hard. He, he, he hasn't sort of uh, went hard at me at all, but um, I've heard some some crackers in his, yeah. um, in his line. But I remember in game one in, in 2019 at, at Origin and I got benched and I was walking past the Queensland bench and Josh McGuire was – was giving it to me and he's saying, Freddie doesn't trust you. <laughs> Freddie doesn't trust you. And I, and I was just sort of like walking oh, head down. Oh, <laughs> brutal. So that was, yeah, that was, and I sort of said something to him after the game and we had a bit of a laugh. But yeah. Love it, legend. Thanks a lot, mate. <laughs> Young blokes thrown into first grade because they're ready physically, but the demands of first grade extend way beyond what happens for 80 minutes on the weekend. Ash Taylor's joined us on the podcast, another one of these teenage superstars that gets pushed into the spotlight, pushed into first grade. You know how difficult that spotlight can be. It's an it's a life adjustment uh, for a young man to handle, isn't it? Definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely challenging. You know, you just feel like it's so far away when you're going to be playing first grade. Um, and then all of a sudden, bang, got your debut and, you know, there's thousands of people watching you uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. So um, it is it is a massive step and a massive uh, mental challenge to, uh, you know, hopefully you're playing week in, week out at that stage. But, mm. um, you know, sometimes it's can fall into a trap that, you know, you, you've done everything and this and that. And then all of a sudden, when you start playing a few games, yeah. that's when the mental challenges come. So... Um, it can be a, a roller coaster. I've been on the roller coaster highs and lows, and um, I'm still here enjoying it. So, um, yeah, that's that's sort of my take on um, you know, if you're a young bloke coming through, take take it with both hands and listen to everybody and everything they have to say because it could mean you know the difference between playing week in week out or just playing the odd game here and there. Hundred percent, mate. There's you're obviously on the Gold Coast. There's probably more pressure with those one team towns because the whole city is looking at you, you're dealing with pressure and different blokes do it differently. How do you deal with pressure now? Do you ignore it? Do you use it to help yourself, you know, get ready for the game? Yeah, um, I, I think it's changed a bit. Um, you know, towards probably the last two years, I didn't really get as nervous before games as I, you know, as I was when I first started. Um, and, and, and now I just really want to, you know, focus – on the game plan and, you know, the structures that we have in place defensively and attack because it takes a lot of effort, um, you know, to, to zero in on, you know, what you want to work on, on the field and what you want to achieve. Like, obviously, the ultimate goal is to win, but, um, you know, you really have to focus, especially being a half yep. um, on on different um, circumstances or situations that, that are happening, that are unfolding in the games, I should say. Thanks for the insight, mate. Really appreciate your honesty. Chat soon. Thank you. That interview with Ash conducted a fortnight before he was basically forced into a medical retirement. So no more footy for the young fellow, but he's got a young family, a beautiful young family, and playing with the kids as they grow up, far more important. Ash Taylor, you're a beauty, and I wish you every success in the future, legend. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work, maybe bribery will. 
One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. Yeah, leaving a rating and review on your app really helps. Takes 30 seconds to do. It's great for us. The winner for best review this week who receives the free unfiltered trucker's cap is... Tanya Saliba. Thank you so much, Legend S, I guess. We had Matty Geyer on the Legend series this week. Next week, why not? It's big brother Mark's turn. And we're back at halfway going. There's three minutes to go on the clock, and they've yep. almost scored again, the buggers. Um, but, yeah, um, after the game, I'm, I'm you know, walking around. Me and Benny Elias cracked a beer, and I sat down just to think about what, hap- what just happened. Like, I'm, I'm trying to you know, figure out, did that really just happen? Me and Wally Lewis, what, did, what the fuck was that? Yeah. So I'm sitting there with Dad having a beer and all of a sudden the media are allowed in the dressing room and they've all come towards me. I would say with no word of a lie, 50 media outlets have all come towards me, cameras, wow. reporters. Yep. And I looked at Dad and I think, I said, Dad, I think I might have got me in the match. He goes, fucking what? I, I don't think so, right? I actually thought they'll come to me to say, congratulations, you got me in the match. Wow. Yeah. And they, I think it was Bill Woods, yeah. Billy Woods, who was on sideline duty for Channel 10. Yep. Then he said, Mark, how do you feel to be cited? What's your feelings of being cited on six different occasions? Graham Lowe, the coach next door, wants you in jail. Yeah. Queenslander want you, want you arrested for what you did on the footy field. I went, fucking what? I thought they got me in the match. Yeah. So I went to, went to uh, the judiciary. Um, on, the only thing I got found guilty on was the, the attempted shoulder charge on Paul Hoff. Paul Hoff, yeah. Which I'm so glad it missed him. I am yes. so glad I missed yeah. because uh, the elbow would hit him in the jaw and it could have been a, a Broman and Boyd moment. Yeah. And that would, that, no one wants that. So he felt like he's six foot seven. He, he dropped. And by the time I've gone through with the shoulder, attempted shoulder charge, it's missed his chin by two inches, and it's just I've gone through. Next week, Mark Guy, and it is no holds barred. The Legend series, they're wonderful interviews. All of them, they're about footy, but they're about so much more. Like this one, episode 37 and Jamie Simpson. Now I do look back. Then yeah. I didn't. Um, looking at it now, like it could have it was devastating because by the time they found the lymphoma, it was stage three. So I don't know if you know too much about that. Stage one, you got it in one place, two place, three place like that. So it was nearly to the stage where it got stage four. It was riddled throughout my body. So we caught it just in time. We had it in my shoulder, my abdomen and my groin. So I got the groin removed and then the rest was taken out through uh, uh, chemotherapy and radiotherapy and so forth. So just in time, basically. So at 16 years of age, you are literally in a life and death battle. Yeah, yeah. I know, a lot to put on a young bloke's shoulders, hey. Isn't it? How does a 16-year-old deal with that? Uh, how did you deal with that? Is it – do you understand the, no. the enormity of the whole thing? No, nah, nowhere near it, hey. I think it affects the the older people, like your mother, your father, all that kind yep. of stuff, more than it affected me. The way I escaped it is probably still stays with me today. So, you know, I went home, I watched TV – I played the PlayStation or the yeah. Xbox, and I just took my mind off things like that. And I'm probably still falling to a little bit of that today. <laughs> ask my mates, but um, yeah. So yeah, the, the the biggest thing, honestly, Andy, when I was thinking about it, the whole thing I wanted to do was play NRL, and and that was my thought before every night before I went to sleep. Was like, that was your drive? Yeah, that was even my drive. As a yeah, young yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking I've got to get to the NRL. How am I going to do it? You know, I'd say a little prayer, help me get there, yeah. 
and uh, I, was, I was lucky enough to do so, but it was a big driving force behind it. I know it's cliche. Everyone goes, I want to play NRL as mm. a young bloke, especially in Rocky or CQ area, but, yeah, it was definitely a driving force. It's amazing that sport and, and this wonderful game that we love, rugby league, can provide a mental outlet and a drive like this to a young guy that's really yeah. struggling. It's one of the things that I just love about sport. Yeah, it's a spark, isn't it? It, it is. You can see it in yeah. someone's eyes, you know. Or this one, Rugby League Royalty, Ray Price, Mr. Perpetual Motion. He joins us, episodes 153 and 154. Excuse that French, but... I yeah. can verify that because I did a one of these interviews with Brett Kenny recently and he told me the stories of how if a young player was going to leave, you would walk over and say, I'll bash you, I'll yeah. find you and I'll bash you. Yeah. But on the field. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, shit, yeah. Mate, I did not want to lose those players. Those players were all champions. Mm. Brett Kenny, Peter Sterling. Peter Sterling's not the fastest halfback in the world, but he's got the quickest brain in the game. And I didn't mind doing his tackling because I love tackling anyway. Mm. Who cares? (laughs) But I to keep him fit... See, yeah, and you've also got to look at Crow. Yeah. Crow played that last season with one eye. Yeah, an amazing – he showed amazing character. But all he had to do was issue the orders to the people in and outside of yep. him. He had young kids around him that would do anything for mm. him. And that's why we had such a great side. Everyone loved each other. They, we still get together. Now, mm. you know, and that's 34 years ago when we last played. Still good mates? Yeah, they're all still good mates. And that's the best part about it. I'd love to put this side up against the St George side that won the their 10 grand finals or whatever it was, you know? The 11 straight from yeah. 56 to 66. Yeah. Can you compare eras? Well, no, because, look, I really think an era is a different game. Yeah. And they were different games. It has come to that time of the podcast where each and every week we want your say. I came up with this idea pre-season. You're a loose lot. But we love you. We love you. We want you to have your say on different topics, different debates, different theories each and every week on the Weekly Wodge and doing it via his social media and his mind because it is Clarkie's call. It is Clarkie from Clarkie's RL column. Hello, Legend. What is your call this week? This week we've gone with calls to blow up the bunker makes zero sense. At present, there is no better alternative and boy, Andy, didn't this spark a wide range of comments. Uh, what's the majority saying, mate, from, from what you can tell? Is it, uh, yes, let's blow it up, or um, we'd be going back to the Dark Ages? From what I can see, Andy, the majority seems to be with keeping the bunker, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely changing the way that it's used. Um, there were so many wide-ranging comments in, in all different ways that it could be differently utilised. Probably my, my most favourite that I picked out is from Brett Masters on Instagram. He says, full-speed replays only, 
and it should only be used on potential point scoring plays or captain's challenges. And I, I think of everyone that I've read, I agree with this the most. I can definitely see some scenarios where slow-mo might be required, um, but I just think the times that they are using the slow-mo currently make no sense. Um, example A, Dan guys, no try against the Broncos last round. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense from Brett. Uh, Ian Tickle on Facebook. We have complete planks like Kent. I'm, sh- I'm assuming he's referring to Paul Kent calling for it to be disbanded, but wait till it is and referees continue costing teams games with poor decisions. Heel and the other critics will crucify the refs then and whinge and whine like there's no tomorrow. It's it's a tough spot, isn't it? Because rules are meant to be black and white, but rugby league has a whole lot of grey, however we look at it. Yeah, definitely. I, I can see where they're coming from there. It's sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. We've brought this technology in to sort of help the referees um, with their interpretation and to remove these inconsistencies of the rules. But what it's actually done and where the bunker is getting involved is in itself causing further controversy, causing more inconsistencies. Mm. And the rules that have been black and white in rugby league, such as an obstruction in what we saw with the Knights last round also, suddenly becomes up for interpretation. The, the black and white rules no longer apply. So uh, I definitely back that take there. And it doesn't matter what you do. There's always going to be an issue, um, particularly with rugby league fans. We can be a sooky bunch. Oh, 100%. Um, unfortunately. Mate, I'm going to hit you with one from Joe Cooper. Again, this is on Facebook. It's not the bunker in and of itself. It's the complexity of the rules in relation to what can be reviewed and what can't. In certain circumstances, the bunker can go back 15 years to check something the player did in the under-9s. In other circumstances, they can't comment on a howler from 30 seconds ago. The current arrangement creates delays, confusion and disappointment. The refs are also the type of people that love complexity and detail, often at the expense of the game. Perhaps some ex-players as refs may help. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, Joe, in terms of ex-players being refs. They're on too much coin at the moment. And and to be quite honest, most of them couldn't give a rat's. Uh, But Joe Cooper on Facebook, I I agree with a lot of what you said there, mate. Yeah, I've got a back, Joe, there. I I agree with almost everything besides um, involving former players. I think then that would open up a lot of talk around bias in certain areas. But... It's absolutely correct in what Joe said. I, I've not seen if, the, if it does exist. I'm not sure if it does, but I've personally not seen uh, within the rugby league rules or within the NRL rules when the bunker can be used. And as Joe pointed out, there's scenarios where we're going back so far and there's other scenarios where we're not reviewing it at all. And so I think a good fix to that would be the NRL coming together with all of their officials and sort of just brainstorming and using the day as a workshop to come together and decide exactly when the bunker should be used. David Wallen from Instagram, another one here regarding when it should be used. He says, the bunker should sit in the background and act as advisory only. It can relay any howlers back to the ref on the field. Uh, He says it's frustrating as a fan to see a try given and then it's reversed. What are your thoughts on that one, Andy? Yeah, love that, mate. And I'm going to end it with this one because I think this is terrific. This is real lateral thinking and what we're after. Uh, Again, Instagram, Roberto Zachariah. The bunker is just interpreting the rules. Maybe the rules need to be changed instead. Mate, I think that sums it up. The 
the bunker in many respects is a victim of circumstance. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. They're just trying to interpret the rules. Maybe it's the rules that need a little bit of tweaking. I think he's nailed, the, uh, nailed it on the head there, Andy. There's fantastic technology there. We're just not utilising it to its best capacity. Correct, mate. Now, where can we find you? You are the king of social media. I am absolutely stunned that uh, you, you didn't get uh, uh, any type of nomination in the recent federal election to be the king of, uh, of social media, the minister of social media. But where can we find you if we're after a little bit of rugby league content? Yeah, a bit of breaking news about that, Andy. There's actually a Royal Commission underway regarding that. But Clarkie's Rugby League column all across social media. If you guys want Rugby League content, I've got Rugby League content. Any episode, any time, none of our podcast date. This is from early 2021. Here's the Sirenan boys, Curtis and Bailey. Oldest first, of course. Some wonderful families in rugby league, but is being a second-generation footballer a good or bad thing? Does a famous surname open doors, or does it create an uneasy and maybe unfair pressure via comparisons? Curtis Sirenan has dropped on in. Don't want to embarrass you, mate, but has it had any effect on you, or has it in the past? Hey, Andy, mate. Um, yeah, uh, I think I've, I've said it a few times before. I think if you... If you asked me um, when I was sort of in my junior rep career and, and just starting out, if it affected me, it did a little bit. I was, you know, it was a bit daunting, and I felt I was a little bit scared of the sort of um, pressure that I was under and things like that. Not that not that anyone was giving me any pressure; it was all in my own head. But um, now I, I just see it as a um, something I'm proud of, and um, it doesn't affect me at all, mate. I love when you know dad's dad comes comes to the footy, you know, last year or. Uh, sorry, no, it was 2019. He, in my hundredth game, he, you know, he, he came to train and gave me my jersey, and that was a really special moment for me. Just something like that, you know. So, um, I think the fact that he, you know, he's been there and done that, and, and such a respected player, it meant even more, you know, and little things like that. Having spoken to your dad after that 100th game, I know it was a special time for you and a special moment for you. But dad was equally as chuffed, mate. He was absolutely over the moon with that. Yeah, no, it was a great day up up on the Gold Coast. Um, the family were all up there. We got some family up on the Northern Rivers, yep. um, and and uh, they all came to the game and um, scored a couple of tries too. You and, did and too, it was a good you? win. Yeah, was yeah. that a hat trick or was yeah. it a double? No, I got a double in the in the first half, and then I got sinbinned as well for tackling right. some of the ball. Yeah, so it was um, it was just you know everything in one game, and and to top it off with a win and having everyone there. It was um, a really good day. It was one of my, you know, one of my best days um, as a footballer. I think so far. What do you remember of Dad's career, mate? Do you remember much? Um, I, I can I can remember his last game just because it's sort of in my memory. Um, obviously, running out and things like that. I can remember bits and pieces. Like yep. I, I know when when he when he retired, he um, we went to France to live. He played played for a little French side called Villeneuve. Yep. Um, for a year, and we we moved over there, so I can remember him playing over there a bit more. Not too much of the younger, um, like when I was really young, but um, obviously I've seen some footage and, but definitely he's like, yeah, his last game at Leichhardt when we're walking around, walking around the field with him, and it's pissing down rain, and they, I think they got beat by a thousand, so I can remember that. 
247 games for his beloved Tigers, as well as plenty of origin and test match footy. The great buttocks Paul Sirenham was a superstar of the 80s and 90s. Sons Curtis and Bailey are doing their thing now. Bailey is lobbed. Do you recall anything of Dad playing, or is it all just on video? Yeah, it's, it's all on video for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen a few photos of us walking around on his last game. Yep. And, and that sort of stuff, but unfortunately, I don't remember much of it. But um, he's that's qu- pretty cool. The last game, both you and Curtis in a heap of photos and video. Yeah, it is awesome. It is awesome to see, and um, you know, it's something that one day I'd like to do with mm. with kids of my own. And um, you know, very proud of what of what Dad managed to do in his career. Second generation footballer, the son of a famous dad. Does it make it easier? Does it make it harder? Or doesn't it matter? Um, I think it changes as you grow up. Yeah. Um, as as a as a younger kid, you know, a lot of people, you know, you're easily influenced. A lot of people get in your ear saying you only make certain teams because yep. of your old man and stuff like that. But then, um, I think Curtis probably faced the brunt of it more than I did, mm. um, being the first child. So, um, yeah, I just sort of went through. I didn't really really mind what what people were saying, mm. and um, I think your footy speaks for yourself. So. I found that my dad was in commentary with motor racing um, and a shitload better at it than, than I'll ever be. <laughs> it opened doors because of the famous surname. Yep. But once you got there, I found people were actually a little harder on you. Difficult to cop at the time, but your learning curve and your improvement mm. is so much better because you've been treated harshly and or hardly. You, you've had to learn some real lessons. Yeah, I think there's always that expectation as well to sort of live up to it. Yep. Um, and that sort of forces you to to prove people wrong and that's that's sort of how I went about it. I didn't want people thinking that, you know, I was only there because of, because of a name. So, um, yeah, I think it, it forces you to work harder. Does Big Paulo give you advice or does he let you learn on the run? Uh, a bit of both. He's actually really good at, at knowing when to and, and when not to. Nice. So, um, you know, after after a good game, he'll tip you up on things you did well and, and things you didn't do so well. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're a bit down in the dumps, it might just be a, um, you know, a kind word or something like that. So um, he's actually really good at it. It's awesome to be teaming up with Retro Rugby League videos, a Facebook page for the hardcore and tragic footy fan just like us. From the old Commonwealth Bank Cup to first grade, the collection of videos weekly is insane. Check them out, legends. Go to Facebook and simply search Retro Rugby League Videos. You'll love it. Our guest, like myself, is a proud Westie. He's from the other side of Victoria Road in Sydney. He played his junior footy with the mighty Wendy Magpies as well as Blacktown Pats. He was a member of the Parramatta Eels' Harold Matthews side before moving to the Roosters to play SG Ball and NYC. From there, he moved to Townsville, then to Brisbane. John Asiata, that is quite some travels, my friend. A lot of the boys sort of just want to hang around and and, and sort of stick, you know, stick around the area. And um, I think I just... I didn't sort of get that luxury. I mm. sort of, you know, got told that uh, I probably wasn't going to be good enough to play NRL. And then I got given an opportunity from Paul Green to to head north. Um, and, you know, thankful and grateful for him giving me that opportunity to have a crack. And, uh, yeah, six years later, or two years in, got that 2015 grand final, played another grand final in 2017. Um, did six years there, played 100 games with the Cowboys. Um, and then moved here to Brisbane. So it's been quite a journey, and, and the journey is not going to stop. 
because it's um I know there's a few more years under my belt that I can get going. So, do you or have you taken just a little bit from each coach and from each club that I guess molds you into the player and the person that you are today? From what we do, Magpies, um, Pierre Tanus, he's been one of um, the most encouraging people that have been around with me um, and still to this day calls me every every day, every week, um, checking up, seeing how I'm doing, how my family is. He's been there from the get-go when yeah. things weren't actually going right. Um, and through 20s, he, he's pushed me. You know, we've done some um, training sessions. He's helped me with not just, you know, my skills, uh, but my fitness. And, yeah, he's been a pretty good role model for me. Um, and I've learned a lot from him. Um, I've also had a coach of Adam Hartigan. He was also my teacher. Um, he's also been a role model. So he was my school teacher when I played 20s, uh, not 20, sorry, SG Ball yeah. for the Roosters. Um, so I actually didn't make the cut in SG Ball for Parramatta. Um, and it was like a week out before round one for the, the competition. Um, and yeah, he just called me up and goes, you know, um, come, let's go play play on the um, Sydney Roosters SG ball. Wow. Yeah, so I headed, I headed over to Roosters. That's how I got there. Um, and I just played, and I was probably, what, maybe 118 kilos at the time, which is pretty big. Um, yeah, and then from then on, I, I met a lot of wonderful people and connected with a lot of people that sort of helped me um, get to where I am today. Um, the likes of, you know, Rowan Smith, Keegan Smith, um and then I had, you know, Jason Taylor as my coach, Paul Green. Um, and then I was here with Kevin Walters here. So uh, I've been connected with a lot of wonderful coaches um, along along the way. And um, I've learned a lot um, from each, each one of them. So, yeah, it's been good. In 2013, you were at the Roosters in the 20s, named in the team of the year too. That's a huge honour. Yeah, it was at the time. You know, like, um, you know, coming through, I... I only made one rep team and then I didn't make one rep team and then I got into another rep team because of my teacher at school. Um, like, you sort of think, you know, am I just getting lucky? And then, yeah. yeah, I just kept grinding away, kept working hard, just put my head down. I was never the fittest, never the, you know, never the strongest in the team. I was fully smart. Mm. I, I knew how to play the game. Um, and I think that was that's what really got me around the park well was because I knew what was needed and um, and that's what I had over a lot of people um, without the strength and without the fitness. So, um, yeah, it was an amazing achievement to do that because there were a lot of good locks along the way mm-hmm. um, in, that, in that competition. Um, but, um, yeah, I was grateful for that. Um, that achievement and it was sort of one of the sort of where it kicked off my career where it just gave me more belief that this can this can happen. I missed the NYC. Firstly, I thought it was really good footy to watch, but I also thought it was a really genuine pathway for a young footballer that wanted to play first yeah. grade but wasn't yet ready. Yeah, I think uh, NYC was a really good competition. I, I loved playing it. You see a lot of players actually come from NYC and go straight to first grade mm. um, because they sort of they sort of be they're sort of surrounded in that environment of professionalism where you're with the first grade and you do bits and pieces with the grade teams um, and then you're also surrounded by you know you get to see what they do day in day out yeah. um, 
and how they, you know, how they prepare, how they um, do their recovery and, and what they eat and, and people along the way help you. Um, and that was the good thing about the 20 system is sort of being around those players while doing your own stuff on and off the field. So, um, and like I, I was lucky when I was at the Roosters, uh, I worked for Miss in Australia, uh, working with homeless, but then I, I used to get to training early and then I used to mix and mingle with the likes of, you know, Sonny, um, Jared with Hargraves and, and all those blokes from the Roosters and they were that professional. Um, they, they were really good with what they did um, preparation-wise um, and the amount of times they do stuff to make sure that their body is right. It sort of helped me along the way because one of the things that I'm pretty good at now is is trying to prepare my body for battle and, and prepare my body for training. Um, and that's probably one thing that I've really taken along the way is my preparation and how to look after your body as good as you can. That is a wonderful insight, John Asiata. Thanks again, mate. Really appreciate it. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Okay, let's start with the captain of the 1982 Invincibles, the thrower, Maxi Krilich. Okay, our fans, friends and followers have flooded me with some questions. Let's go. Brent from Warrywood asks, toughest hooker or biggest rival you had in your career, Max? Who was it and why? Um, a fabulous little player and uh, the great icon of South Sydney, George Piggins. Easily. He and I had confronting battles for many years, going back to 1969 when we were playing um, a semi-final and they were, the, um, they were the champions from the year before. This is in reserve grade. And um, they had Jimmy Morgan in their side, yeah. Paul Sate, or uh, George, uh, the Brannigan boys, all these blokes were – former, going, uh, going to be Australian representatives, yeah. by the way. And um, so I, George and I had a running battle for about eight years or ten years, I'd say. We had a number of punch-ups. It was good stuff. No one got injured. Well, we, uh, well here he goes. Might have got hurt a bit, but we didn't get injured. <laughs> and uh, one day when a blue started the game, he put his hand on my shoulder and said, let's have a rest. And I said... <laughs> That's a victory. <laughs> I said, beauty. I couldn't beat him and he couldn't beat me. Yeah, so simple as that. Oh, brilliant. So, so I, know, I know my level. <laughs> so he said, let's have a rest. I said, you beauty. And uh, going back about um, uh, four or five years ago, I had to speak at a testimonial for George, actually. I got up and spoke and uh, – and um, and he said, do you remember that to you? Well, I said to you that day, and I said, yeah, I remember every little bit. Isn't <laughs> mind, I've still got my mind. Don't worry, George. He said, <laughs> yeah, we had fun. You know, he was a tough competitor, very, very tough. Another manly boy, originally anyway, Will Hopawadi. Tony at Wyong asks, your origin debut, what do you remember about it most? Probably the, the running out into uh, that type of atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never seen a stadium so full where, you know, I was part of the event that was the reason why people came. Yep. Um, and so that, along with the win that we had, was probably the, the highlight of it all. Um, I was lucky enough to score a try in that game too. And so, 
Um, if I was to you know pull out two or three things, that'll be it: um, the run out, the win, and, and the try. I always like checking this one, Will. Who was your first New South Wales roomie, and how would you rate them as a roomie? <laughs> uh, my, my roommate was um, Greg Bird. Oh dear. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Sticky done that on purpose to put the rookie with the vet. Um, but uh, no, nah, Birdie was uh, – I loved Birdie. Um, I was a bit – you know, I wasn't sure what to expect because of – I didn't know him personally before yeah. camp. Um, but no, nah, he, he made me feel right at home. He was obviously a, an origin veteran at the time. Yep. And um, yeah, he, he made me feel welcome. He was just himself, loud, funny. Uh, and, you know, made me feel good as a, as a young buck coming through. I don't know if it was rookie and the vet. I'm saying they put the naughty kid in with the, the good kid. <laughs> or that, you could say that. <laughs> Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, swish, S-W-Y-S-H, Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. Joining us for Word Association is the great man himself, my good buddy Kenny Edwards, best trainer. Clint Gutherson. Shit trainer. <laughs> Brad Takarangi. Yes, everyone says Brad Takarangi. Worst punter. Yes. Brad Takarangi. Everyone says Brad Takarangi there too. Who's always late? Oh, Semi Rajraja by far. Hopeless. Worst dancer. Oh, Takas. Terrible. Late night Again. phone calls. Oh, I make to someone. Who, who would ring you? Uh, Normie, Corey Norman. Best ring. Oh, best rig. Kalepi Tanginoa. Yes. What about hardest to tackle? Sammy Burgess. Biggest player? Tamalolo. Fastest player? Teddy. Teddy, uh, James Tedesco. Who's the one guy that has always got your back? Oh, Sam Cassiano. Perfect, mate. Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. An ACL and a detached retina in the first couple of seasons of what is going to be a long and, in my opinion, very successful first-grade career of our guest, Sam Verrills. Mate, um, let's get all the bad luck out of the way early, hey? 
Yeah, exactly right. I hope so. I really do. Um, yeah, it was very, it was very unfortunate that night doing my ACL in uh, in 2020. But you know, me and Rads kind of have a joke about each other. We're glad that we both did it because um, you know having that journey with him was very was very good for me and, and for him as well. And um, yeah, it was it was it was definitely a tough nine months, but it was a lot easier. You know, especially the character of Vic. Um, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty. Inf- it was a pretty funny nine months, uh, mate. The eye now, any ill effects whatsoever, or, or just perfect? Um, oh, I wouldn't say it's perfect anymore. But like it's, I'm, I've been used to it. It's still, it's still, um, it's pretty much back to normal. But it's yep. not. It's definitely not 100 percent what it was beforehand. But you know, it's just getting used to it, I guess. And um, it's, uh, it's, it feels perfect pretty much. But I don't notice it at all. When both my eyes are open, it's um it's only the slightest little change, but okay. um, I don't really notice it to be honest. You're approaching that fifty game mark, and I can't count how many guys have told me they reckon that's about the mark where you sort of start to find your feet as a first grader and what you're capable of and what your body's capable of. Is that a fair call? Uh yeah, I, I hear that all the time as well. Actually, you know, your, your career only starts just after fifty games, so. You know, I'm pretty excited to start my career. I guess then. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 just getting used to the whole you know week in week out, and the season's so long as well. You know, 25 rounds, and you got finals, and you know, there's some big games in between, and um, yeah, it's just, it's definitely a good stepping stone to 50 games. But um, you know, I want plenty more. I don't want just 50 games to be honest. 100, percent Mate, the requirements of a first grader, and we've touched on it in another interview with you, but it's so much more than what happens on the field. It's preparation, it's rehab. Prehab now is absolutely huge. Dietary requirements, uh, there's the no-nos that you're not allowed to do. Um, if we're honest, most young blokes could live on takeaway and, and 10 a.m. wake-ups. You guys have got to be so disciplined in what you do and how you do it. Yeah, we, we do. and. Um, you know, it's it. We do get um, help a lot as well. You know, we got a we got sports scientists at the club. You know, we got a dietitian at the club with Holly, and um, they do the not just NRL but the Roosters itself. They do really help us out and make it easier for us. And you know, it's it's obviously you got to be accountable to what you put in your body and you know what you do after off or off the field. And um, yeah, it's just I guess kind of learning up pretty early. And you know, you got seniors in your in your team and your leadership in your team and you know you go off what they do as well and we've got a pretty good leadership group out of the roosters so um yeah it's pretty easy to go off good news is mate you've developed a a really good reputation as a complete professional it's a good rap to have from the club good luck on the weekend legend thanks mate One hundred ninety-four centimeters, one hundred and sixteen kilos. That's before lunch, and he's still just a young fella, but a young fella with a massive motor. Payne Haas, as we are finding out, is quite the athlete. If he's not the best prop in the game, I tell you what, he is very, very close. The guy that gets perhaps the best look at Payne during a game joins us on the weekly watch. The finest-looking man in the Broncos pack, Hooker Jake Turpin. Hello, legend. What's the most impressive thing? about pain that you see? Um, yeah, he, he, he surprises you every game with something new, but 
he's just such a competitor and you, you just never see I don't know if you've noticed but in every game that we've played in every time there's a kick get put behind the line Pano just sprints back there to try and save it Yeah. and you just don't see props do that you know when there's a kick get put in you see a lot of props just you know that's their job done they stop walking but for Payne's motor and we all know he's got a massive motor and he's fit as but for him you know to have the mentality as when there's a kick get put in you normally just leave it to your, to your fullback and whatnot. but yeah. he's turning back there and you see how many you know knockbacks out of the dead ball and, and whatnot that he's you know done in games it's it's ridiculous and uh, yeah you, you just watch him and you're in awe of what he does does one word sum him up freak I mean just in, oh. I say it in a nice way but just an athletic freak a hundred percent it is he's, he's a different breed um I've never I remember during pre-season like, I'm pretty fit myself during pre-season I have to be because I'm only 80 kilo but you know, I'm running, you know, all these fitness tests and I'm, I'm beating it and I'm seeing who's next to me and Pano's right next to me and all these things. And, you know, for a 120 kilo prop or 116 kilo prop, whatever he is, to be running with an 80, you know, 80 kilo hooker, that, you know, it's just ridiculous. And, <laughs> yeah, as I said before, it's just a different breed. That certainly is a different breed. And that was my next question. We see what he does on the playing field, on the TV every week, but the stuff we don't see, but we hear about is him on the training park. And already as a as a young bloke and a big bloke, he's the leader. He's great in cardio, great in the gym. Whatever he does, he excels. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people that come watch us train, uh, you know, just realise how that's not, you know, it's not just given – you know, he all his talent on the field. Yeah. He works bloody hard off the field in preseason, and as I said before, he, he pushes all us. You know, eighty kilo halfbacks and hookers in all our fitness things that we should be and meant to be. You know, the best at because we're the lightest and the fittest. But he pushes us right to the edge and sometimes beats us beats us one hundred percent. So, um, you know, for a big bloke to be doing that sort of stuff, and even in like all the conditioning games, the competitive games, he's the one that's showing the way, and um, he's such a good role model. You know, he's not a real big talker as a role model. He's a bit of a, you know, he's quiet and that. But for a young prop to come in, even though he is still a young prop, he's such a leader. But for a young prop to come in and just watch Payne Haas train, it would be such a learning lesson for him. Only a young bloke, as you said, but good head on his shoulders too. Um, very mature, very calm, I guess is a, a good way of putting it. Yeah, he's such a good bloke. He's such a lovable character. We all love playing with him, but we love spending time with him off the field. And, um, you know, he's such a good bloke and... Um, he's definitely got respect um, of us on the field, but he's definitely got respect of us all off the field as well. Awesome insight. Appreciate your time, Big Nuts. Ah, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. little add-on before we publish this episode. What about the timing of the Payne Haas segment? Fucking gold. Have a good week, everyone.